Vicki Rupert McMahon, Chief Executive of the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association. We're excited to bring you this week's My Bar Story. Throughout 2023, the CMBA will be hosting a series of podcasts that have created a living legacy in honor of our 150th anniversary. The response has been amazing, and these conversations are being shared around Northeast Ohio and even the world. Now let's get started with another bar story. I'm Judge Mary Jane Trapp. Uh, I'm a judge on the 11th District Court of Appeals, which having been a downtown Cleveland lawyer for my first 25 years of the practice, but I live in Geauga County, so my uh, jurisdiction covers five most northeastern counties in Ohio, Ashtabula, Lake, Geauga, Portage, and Trumbull County. And I've been a, a Cleveland Bar member since the day I took the oath of office as an attorney in 1981. How about you, Judge? My name is Ann Walton Keller, and I am judge of the Shaker Heights Municipal Court. I was elected to that position in November of 2021, and I've been on the bench for a little over a year in that court now. And before I was elected to judge in that court, I served as a magistrate in the Shaker Heights Court for approximately six years, and that was under the late Judge K.J. Montgomery. And prior to becoming a magistrate, I was a criminal defense attorney and practiced criminal litigation for a number of law firms in the Cleveland area. I have been a member of the bar since I was in law school. I was fortunate to um, take the opportunity to get a free Bar Association membership as a law student and have been a member ever since. And I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to speak to everyone today. As the Shaker Heights Municipal Court judge, I am my jurisdiction in Shaker Heights Court is not just Shaker, it's also four other municipalities. So I'm the judge of Shaker Heights, Beechwood, University Heights, Pepper Pike, and Hunting Valley. And I look forward to sharing more information about my bar story today. Well, I thought it was great, uh, great timing for us, Judge, that we are here doing this podcast and the April 2023 edition, the 150 Bar Journal, uh, is on women in the law. And pictured there was the first woman Cuyahoga County Bar President, Marion Rose Nathan, uh, who was a, uh, the, uh, the leader of the county bar when I first started practicing. And then, of course, uh, the first woman uh, bar association president, Liz Moody, uh, came a few years after that. Uh, Marion uh, was in 1983. Liz Moody was in 1987. And of course, we both know Karen Kaminsky, who was the uh, first CMBA co-president when the two associations merged back in 2007. So, Tell me how you got involved in bar association land. I really started by joining a number of committees. And right out of law school, I became a member of the UPL committee and participated in that for a number of years. At some point, I joined the trial committee where I had the opportunity to assist bar counsel um, in prosecuting cases involving grievances. And I actually had one that went to trial, which was a very rewarding experience in terms of having practicing that area of law. I also participated in a number of sections. So I became very involved in the criminal law section. And once I became a magistrate and couldn't be bar counsel anymore, I joined the bar admissions committee and became a very active member of that committee. 
And after being a member of some of these committees and sections for a while, I developed such a strong desire to participate more in the Bar Association that eventually I applied for the board and had a seat on the board of directors for three years. And during my term on the board, I was asked to be a member of the executive committee several years ago. And that was really a great experience, too, because being on the board, I had an opportunity to see the more of the inner workings of the Bar Association. And being on the executive committee was just another level of of everything that goes into running the CMBA. It was a great experience to participate in. And I think my way of becoming a bar leader was slowly and gradually joining a number of sections and committees until I was in a position where I felt comfortable applying for the board. Were there older members of the bar, other people that encouraged you or, you know, took a hand reaching back and pulled you along? You know, there were. There were so many members of the bar that I became close with through my participation in the sections and committees, but in particular, Ian Friedman, who was a mentor and and former employer of mine, was nearing the term of his presidency of the Bar Association. And so it was that time that I decided would be the right time because I wanted to serve on the board while he was president. So he really encouraged me to apply. But I would love to hear about your experience rising to leadership within the bar. Well, uh, it's it's funny you talk about Ian, who I is just a, a fantastic was a fantastic bar leader and is a great attorney, and was, I think, instrumental in moving when we moved from the two different bar associations and the merger. He was very I think he had a lot of success in pulling people together from both bar associations and really making this one fantastic bar. But it was another male bar president that got me involved in bar association work. Mike Apicella, who was a, uh, he was the 1980-81 bar president of the county bar. And I had gotten to know Mike both from watching him as bar president going to all the events, and he was doing litigation for um, the firm that I was with at the time. No one in the firm did much litigation, much to my chagrin, because that's what I really wanted to do. So it was nice to have Mike as someone who I could sit second chair, I could watch and learn. And he encouraged me to join the Bar Association, become more active in the bar. We had a young lawyer section at the time. And there were some fantastic people in that young lawyer section. Eric Brown, who went on to uh, become a judge in Franklin County, and he was for a short period of time appointed to serve as Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice after Tom Moyer left. We had Mercedes Spots, and Mercedes uh, went on to become the second woman bar president for the uh, the Cuyahoga County Bar Association, a number of others that were very active. And we were, we were a bit rebellious because <laughs> the bar association was, except for Marion, all men, not really inclusive of younger attorneys. We were expected to do all of the, the laboring or uh, sit at the desk and check people in and uh, come up with ideas, but nobody, none of us would be able to, to speak. So we decided that we wanted to have a seat at the table. We wanted one seat on the board. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so one seat amongst all of one you? One <laughs> seat among all of them, that wasn't going to happen. So when that failed, Mercedes and I decided to throw our names and hat in the ring to actually run to be elected to the board. 
we ran a campaign, um, sort of naively ran this campaign, but we campaigned and showed up. And the only two people that lost were Mercedes and me. So I got up the guts to call Mike Apicella, who <laughs> he, at that point, he I think he was just uh, immediate past president. And I said, Mike, you know, where's the smoke filled room here? I mean, how do we get into the leadership in the Bar Association. And he said, I'll take care of it. So a few days later, he called me back and said, the president has some appointments that he can make to the board. I said, are they voting? He said, yes. He said, I, I, the president will appoint you. And I said, not unless they also, he also appoints Mercedes. And he said, that's really funny because I've just had the same conversation with Mercedes because she called me, unbeknownst to me, that she was even doing this. We, she had the same conversation. She was offered the same position. And she said, I won't do it unless Mary Jane's included as well. So we both, that's how we both got onto the board. And she went off and became the second woman bar president. I uh, became the president of the Ohio State Bar Association and was very active in the bar and in fact decided that I might enjoy practicing law with Mike Apicella because I could try cases. And we became partners in law and then we became partners in life. So I, I miss him terribly, but he was uh, he was such a great bar leader. And we tried, it was, it's interesting you talk about being on the UPL committee. Mike and I tried the longest unauthorized practice of law trial for the CMBA. Um, really? Uh, we It was a, a two-week trial. It was the longest one. I think there's been some longer later, uh, but it afforded me the opportunity to argue a UPL case for the Bar Association in front of the Supreme Court of Ohio. That is amazing. That's such a wonderful story. In particular, you reach out, reaching out to Mike and then later being well, you know he partners got me into bar life. leadership and, <laughs> and I got a husband too <laughs> it's a way to love it was fantastic we were uh, we were until I went on the bench we were, were law partners so what other challenges you know I've told you of some of my challenges of getting involved in bar association world did you experience in your generation those kind of challenges you know I think a lot of people and in particular women who came before me really paved the way for um, lawyers such as myself to become bar leaders. I feel that some of the challenges I faced were more trying to make time in my busy work and personal life to make sure that I was able to make the bar a priority because if you want to become a leader, you really have to devote the right time and attention to the bar association or any group that you're a leader of. My challenges were different in terms of my ability to to become a bar leader because I had so much support and because you people like you had already paved the way for me to be on the board. So by the time I joined the board, there were many women and young women lawyers who were members of the board before me. But I feel like one of the challenges that I faced was being a young mother with a newer career, trying to make sure that I could balance all of that. And that was certainly challenging. When my daughter was born, she was about two weeks old, and I had her at the annual meeting for the Bar Association. So, so she, she was, already has her CLE. Yes, for, she was okay. the youngest <laughs> baby there. She was 
probably about seven pounds in a stroller. And I said, we are not missing. You're two weeks old and we are making it to the Bar Association annual meeting. And, you know, I really loved the bar so much. I didn't want to miss anything while being a bar leader, but it was challenging during that time in my life to make sure that I devoted the right attention to everything. The challenges are, are still there. I think they're more sub rosa. Having now a few generations of women lawyers here at the Bar Association that can open doors. And our paths seem to, they diverge, but they've always come back together through the Bar Association. And I noticed in thinking about talking today that our lives have intersected a lot in many different ways, but they start here at the bar. We're, we're both very active in our uh, in of court, the William K. Thomas American Inn of Court. And I've noticed that so many of our inn members are also leaders, uh, past presidents. Marlon Primes is past president of this bar association. Do you find that having those connections even outside of the, the Cleveland bar has been helpful to your career? It has been so helpful to my career to have these connections. And I always tell young lawyers and people who are applying for the bar that the networking side of things, not just networking to get clients, but to have professional growth and and to meet people outside of your area of practice can really help you. As I've gone through many changes in my career, the members of the Bar Association and the Inn of Court have been incredibly supportive of me. And without the support of my colleagues, I don't know that I would have be in the position that I'm in today. I feel so fortunate to have met you through the Bar Association and to have become good friends and colleagues through the Inn of Court. And I'm really looking forward to being president of the Inn of Court next year. And I, I really do think that not just the CMBA, but all of the local bar associations really give opportunities outside of getting clients, but opportunities to share information, to network, to just expand and and increase our professionalism across the bar. And I know that we also share a connection with Judge Terry Stupika, who has been a longtime friend of mine. And we were practicing in the same area here in, in Cleveland before either one of us even thought to go on the bench. And I remember when uh, the position of Geauga Municipal Court came open, and, and I called her and said, you still want to be a judge? And the hardest thing about asking a friend to take a leap of faith like that, and she le- she leapt right into it, is that you think, oh my gosh, what happens if she doesn't win? I mean, she's going to be so upset. <laughs> but she did win. She did. It all worked she, out. She And now she's your mentor. She was assigned as my mentor by the Supreme Court. And but for you encouraging her to be a judge, who knows what would have happened. So I'm so, so happy that it worked out that way. And, and she has become also just another close colleague that I can rely on. And it's so wonderful. And all of these connections came from putting yourself out there and being involved with not only leadership positions, but getting more active in, in these associations. And you had a fantastic mentor in KJ Montgomery, who was an ever-present leader here in the Bar Association in the, the Cleveland area. Uh, I, I missed her at the Court of Nicey Prius this weekend, and the no-name band was playing, but she wasn't there. It was, it was a little tough. 
She's really irreplaceable. And and I will tell you, when I applied for the board, I was working at the court, and Judge Montgomery was incredibly supportive of me wanting to take on that role and was always encouraging my desire to be more, more involved with all sorts of professional activities, including the bar. And I miss her too. She was a wonderful mentor and, and friend to many of us and a, a person who was very involved in the legal community. So... Well, what led you to the bench? I I know you became a magistrate, and obviously uh, working under the tutelage of K.J. Montgomery was probably the best training you could have for being a municipal court judge. And by the way, thank God they're municipal court judges, because I couldn't do what you do. (laughs) I'm up in the monastery. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for everyone. um, What led me to the bench? I believe that My experience working for Judge Montgomery, she gave me so many opportunities, not only to excel in my position as a magistrate, but to fill in for her when she was unavailable. And it led me to see that I really liked not only what I was doing as a magistrate, but I liked what she did as a judge. So I... I kind of knew all along that I wanted to be a judge. I actually met Judge Montgomery when I was a young woman. I went into court with my father for a sort of take your daughter to work day. He was practicing in Shaker, and I saw Judge Montgomery on the bench, and I already knew I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer, but then I added the wanting to be a judge to my list of to-dos for the future because I was really inspired by her and didn't know her very well when I started working for her as a magistrate, other than that I had practiced in the Shaker Heights court quite a bit. But I got to know her, got to know what a municipal court judge does, and realized that that was the court that I wanted to be in and have the opportunity to really connect with people, which I have the opportunity to work directly with people as a municipal court judge. So when there was the ability to run for that position, although it wasn't the best time in my personal life, because I... I had- seem to remember <laughs> you had a baby on board, so to speak, yes, when you were I running. Had- I had just I had a one month old when I filed my my paperwork to run for judge. So it was an interesting time, certainly to be in that position, but so happy that things worked out the way they did, because I really feel it's a a great opportunity for me to help people through my work. When I was coming up through the the practice, it was assumed that you couldn't have you you were told you could have it all, but then you couldn't have it all. Because if you were at a larger firm, there was basically a mommy track. And if you took that mommy track, this these are in the days before FMLA and all of that, that, that you were really hampered, especially if you're a litigator, you were really hampered by doing that. God didn't bless me with any of my own kids. I had some grown stepchildren. But so I didn't experience that. But have you had that experience in terms of making having to make choices. It seems like you have had it all because I I know your husband and I know your kids and <laughs> I really say yes family. to it all, but <laughs> but and and sometimes it is about making choices and having to weigh my priorities and and being a working mom and a bar leader and a leader of other professional organizations. But I think I'm very fortunate that my husband has been very supportive and I have supportive family because I don't think I could do as much as I I have been able to do in, in both my work life and my extracurricular professional activities without him. You know, I feel like sometimes it's you got to work till 10 p.m. to get your in of court and bar association stuff done after your day job. And and I think it's worth it because I 
think my children see me working hard and, and are very excited. And sometimes I'm out at events and, and those are are more difficult choices about which things to attend. And, and when family stuff comes up, you have to make that a priority. But fortunately, I'm just very lucky to have a supportive family. You are. And I actually, I think things have, have changed for the better in terms of more inclusiveness within organizations as the Cleveland Bar and as the Inn of Court, we try to include family members, especially those family members who, you know, spouses or partners that aren't attorneys. Yes. We try to include them in our adventures. And we've had some adventures going to the what we call the prom, <laughs> the Inn of Court prom at the Supreme Court of the United States, where everybody puts on their tuxedos and their their gowns. And that was so much fun. It was. But we'll I, be doing it again. Yes, we will. I want to know what led you to the bench? Well, actually, it was <laughs> it was a conversation I had with my grandfather, who was a history teacher and a football coach down in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. And he didn't have any grandson. So I became I was an only child. So I, I became the grandson he never had. So I he taught me how to fish and hunt and how to diagram football plays. And I I was I, I, I idolized him. He was such a great teacher, because we'd sit and talk about sports, and we'd talk about constitutional history and all of that. So he asked me one day, so what, what do you want to do when you get older? And I said, well, I'd like to be a teacher and a coach just like you. And he said, Mary Jane, I think you have a better chance at being a Supreme Court justice than you do <laughs> being a football coach. Uh, I can say now that there are NFL football coaches that are women. So he encouraged me. I loved being a litigator. It was very difficult for me to get in the courtroom initially back in, in the 80s because there weren't that many women who were trying cases. And we were kind of an oddity. We were expected to, to dress um, in like little men with suits and little bow ties, which I hope those pictures from the Bar Association are buried. <laughs> I remember trying a case when it was 20 below zero and walking from the Bond Court building down to the Justice Center every day, drag and dragging my briefcase through the snow and freezing. And finally, one day I said, enough is enough. I'm, I have a really nice Ralph Lauren suit. I'm going to wear it. So I started Good for you. trying the case. <laughs> and I'm slowly, people are coming in the back and sitting in the gallery. And I said, you know, folks, this is not really an... an this not a monumental case. It's not that interesting. Why are you here? Well, it got around that Mary Jane was actually trying a lawsuit in a pantsuit. <laughs> I think we've advanced beyond that. I honed my skills because I think, as you did, you honed your skills and trained so that you could become a, a, a judge. Because it's an important job, and you need to have that background and depth and breadth of experience to do it. And I thought the same thing, that I needed to actually have done this work and had some success doing it before I started judging other people's work. I honed my political skills by my bar association work and running for state bar president, which I had to do statewide before they wow. had had online voting. I actually had to get people to go to, go to Toledo to vote for me. Uh, and so I used all those skills. And when a position opened out in the 11th district, I took the leap of faith and college tuitions were pretty well paid for. So I could afford to uh, stop earning money, at least that part of our firm and move on. So I, and I love my work as a judge. Well, the 11th 
district is very lucky to have you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And Judge Trepp, what are some things you wish you would have known when you started your path to leadership at the bar um, or some takeaways? I think that the takeaways are what I learned from the few women that were ahead of me because they, and I've tried to do that. I tried to carry on that legacy. Uh, so you have Marion Nathan, you have Mercedes, you know, magistrate judge Kathleen Burke, who was the first woman bar association, pre- state bar association president. They took an interest in me and made sure that they cleared a path for me. And the, I wish I would have gotten to know them from day one, but it took a few years. We had the little coup, as I told you about, of the two of us <laughs> making the demand that we get into the the, the smoke-filled room. But once I learned that, I, I've always tried to to reach back and and pull people along to get to get the experience of learning how to be a leader and learning how to make the profession better and advance, as we know, civility and professionalism and ethics, which is the hallmark of the in-of-court movement. And I like what you said about pulling people along. And I'm always trying to encourage people to not wait to get involved because I feel sometimes there's some intimidation or fear as a newer lawyer to be involved and to volunteer for leadership positions. And what people need to remember is that young lawyers become veterans quickly. And if you are involved and you put yourself out there in the bar association, then you'll get to know people, and whether it's this bar association or another one. But um, this is a great way to get to know so many lawyers in the Cleveland area and to really have an opportunity for leadership. But you have to put yourself out there in order to not just go straight to the top applying for the board, but maybe join a number <laughs> of, of committees and sections and really participate. And as time goes on, get to know people. Well, I look forward to seeing you at some of the 150th anniversary celebration events. I'm going to the past president's brunch. I will be there as well on and Sunday. Then we can we can toast Mike. I'm just happy that the bar association and the inn of court brought us together, and I'm looking forward to next year and working with you in the end. Oh, and I'm at the bar. So happy to be here with you today and to always be working with you on, on the bar association and in of court things. And I love traveling with you. We've had a lot of fun. So, <laughs> so it's been great. And thank you so much to the CMBA for having us. And it's thank, been really wonderful. Uh, it, it's been great. This, the, the bar podcasts are fantastic. Thank you for joining us for another edition of My Bar Story. We appreciate the hundreds of you who have downloaded and subscribed to this podcast. Let's keep this conversation going. Visit clemetrobar.org forward slash podcast to listen, subscribe, and to schedule a recording of your own bar story. See you next week.